I have to tell you, we have had such a wonderful weekend with you guys. Uh, we, are, we are not only enjoying being able to give away, but we're receiving as much as we're giving. And so I uh, want to welcome the Thrive Center via the live stream. Glad you're here with us and excited for what the Lord has in store for us this morning. So go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Yeah, yeah, it's a get ready morning, okay? It's, it's one of those things. Um, I, I, anyone ever heard of T.D. Jakes before? Anyone ever heard of T.D. Jakes? I love T.D. Jakes because he always says, turn to your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. I always love that. Um, I just want to draw your attention to a couple things. Um, we have had our worship team here, and the Bradleys cut this album called The Praises Ring Out. If you're looking for an upgrade in your worship, uh, in your life, to be able to bring into your car or your home, those CDs are available for $10 in the back. And then also, we've been doing some teaching out of this thing that we call the Freedom Class Manual. And um, it's actually available in multiple languages, but we only brought the um, English translation with us. If uh, you're interested in that, we have a couple boxes. They're $20 each. And at the end, my wife will be in the back um, to be able to take square payments and all of that stuff, okay? So this morning, let's pray, and we're going to dig right into the Word. After that declaration, uh, it just makes me want to open my Bible and start reading. Amen? Lord, we bless you this morning, and Lord, we thank you for what you have in store for us. And we thank you that any time we open your word together, that you are ready to encounter us, you're ready to transform us, and you're ready to meet with us. And so, oh, would you, Holy Spirit, breathe upon your word and make it alive and active, that you would bring a transformational reality, Lord, in this room right here, in the Thrive Center, and then, Lord, we would take this word this morning to the far reaches of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. So I want to um, share with you some really good news this morning. You have more power than you might think you do. No matter um, if those mattresses last night uh, treated you wrong and you didn't get much sleep, um, no matter if uh, you slept in the same room as your children and they were tossing and turning and it kept you up all night, no matter if the train felt like it was going to come barreling through your room, No matter, I want to tell you this morning, you possess more power than you might think you do. Now, it's an an amazing thing to me that the Lord invites you and I into partnership. Everybody say the word partnership. I love this, that he's not looking for slaves, he's looking for partners. I love that he's not looking for um, those to just accomplish his will as slaves, but he loves to partner with you and I to the point where he has given you and I the Holy Spirit to partner with him. I, I love partnering with people. I love, pas- I love partnering with Pastor JB and Charlene and, and you. I love, I love partnering with people. But can I tell you that outside of my wife, she was my number one partner, I love partnering with God. I just love talking with him and, and asking him, what do, you want, what do you want to accomplish today? What are you up to today? Where do you want to go today? And what do you want to highlight today? Today's topic is a key area of partnership. It's, some, and it's, a, it's something that you and I do on a regular basis. It's something that we have the ability to, um, 
to affect change every day, and it's just simply acknowledging um, the truth of what the scriptures say. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to um, put your finger in Psalm 141. Go to Psalm 141 this morning, and then put your other finger and go to Proverbs chapter 12. So Psalm 141 and Proverbs chapter 12. I want to look at a couple verses this morning as we set the stage. So at Thrive Center, you guys go ahead and do that also. It's not going to be on the screen for you. This, these passages, you actually have to open your Bibles this morning. Amen. Psalm 141, and I want to look at verse 3, and it simply says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Someone say Amen. How many of you have ever said something before, it came right out of your mouth, and you wish you could have been able to take that back? Amen? It's kind of like a toothpaste tube that you squirt out the toothpaste, you just can't get it back. So what the Bible tells us is to, oh Lord, set a guard over my mouth that I would be ones that watch carefully what I allow out of my mouth. Now, Proverbs chapter 12, look at what verse 18 says. It says this, There is one whose rash words are like a sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Everybody say healing. What the Bible just said is, is that our mouths, the tongue of the wise, has the ability to bring healing has the ability to align with heaven to a degree that it can produce a healing work in the hearts of many. That can be the hearts of the lost. That can be the hearts of the saved. That can be the hearts of, 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 of your spouse or your children. Our mouths carry the ability to bring healing and life. Now turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12 and look what, what verse 36 says. This is Jesus talking to you and to I. And he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Or some translations are idle words. You see, as I'm looking through the Bible here, a simple note is this. Is, is that God really cares what comes out of our mouths. Because the, the, the words that we have come out are very meaningful. What he's wanting us to do is to be inclined to understand that yes, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. But it is very important to understand what is my heart condition and what are my words doing? Are they healing or are they destroying? Are they creating life or are they creating death? There is something about the words that promote the kingdom of God or promote destruction unto the enemy. You see, this words, idle words, these idle words or careless words in the original translation means careless words, unproductive words, flippant words, irresponsible words, inappropriate words, hypocritical words, worthless words. This is what Jesus tells you and I. We're going to give an account for the careless words that come out of our mouths. 
You see, there's something that has the fear of God on that for us. There's something that has the awe and the wonder of God that, Lord, I want to be a man. Or maybe you're a woman. You say, I want to be a woman that is promoting healing in life. On this slide, on the first slide, Proverbs 18.21 is a hallmark passage. And I feel like it captures the heart of God um, for what we allow out of our mouths or what we allow into our lives. And it says this, Proverbs 8.21. Let's read this together. Ready, begin. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, what we hear clearly declared is, is that death or life come through the tongue. Our words. Turn to your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Yeah, yeah, watch your mouth, right? Watch your mouth. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I want to bless you. Yeah, yeah, I want to bless you. You see, what we see here is death and life. And hopefully at at Thrive Center, you see this also. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You see, just stop right there and, and hear that and let that rest on your heart. That no matter what you think of yourself, if you have a low self-image or you, you have a fairly high self-image, your words carry death and life. Those are words that we speak over other people. Those are words that have been spoken over us. And those are words that we speak over ourselves. Death and life are in the spoken word. And guess what? You're going to eat the fruit of what you choose to sow. It's a sowing and reaping reality. The same seed that you sow into the ground is going to be the the fruit that you produce. You sow death, you're going to reap death. You sow life and you're going to reap life. You see, you plant a cucumber seed, it produces a cucumber fruit. Is that a fruit or a vegetable? That's a vegetable, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is with our mouths that when we come... We have the ability to walk into a very hurting person's life. How many of you have a hurting person in your life? Raise your hand. Okay. Now turn to your neighbor and say, it's not you. Okay. It's not you. You're not, you're not that person, right? Everyone has different acronyms. We call them EGNs in our community. It's called Extra Grace Needed. Okay. We all have people, and I've come to realize that the Lord allows these people in our lives to train us as much as help them, right? And so they're in our lives to be able to, to help us, and but then also to be able to be one that brings healing and life and restoration to them. You carry great power. This little thing in your mouth called a tongue It's not actually the strongest muscle in the body, okay? But it is one of the strongest, um, biologically speaking, but then also spiritually speaking, I would say that the tongue carries the ability to affect change. You see Thrive Church and and, and, and Thrive Center, your mouths from this day forward, I want to encourage you and come into reality with, with what God is saying is, be a blessing church. Be a church that walks amongst, amongst Surrey, Vancouver, where, wherever you are, to be able to breathe life into an area of increasing death. This is the heart of God, I believe, for you and I. So what I want to look at is the concept this morning of blessings and curses and the power of the tongue. James 3, verse 6 says this, 
in the tongue is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Verses 9 and 10, sometimes the tongue praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, that is not right. What James is telling us, now this is James, the brother of Jesus, right? He's the one that did not believe that his, his, his brother was the, the Messiah until the resurrection. And this is the one that ends up dying for the faith. This is James. And he's saying, understand that your mouth carries a tremendous amount of power. Blessing and cursing come from the same mouth. Now, this is, an, this is not necessarily a very popular topic in the Western world. How many of you have ever been on a mission trip before? Uh, been to a, a, a third world? Um, I have done some ministry, and, and when you start talking about blessing and curses, uh, they look at you and say, well, of course that's true. Uh, I, I have, you know, I've, 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 I've read stories and met people that have said, said, oh yeah, the witch doctor that is right behind our, our house put a mirror um, that faces our house so he can see our house because he is cursing us throughout the day. And our family came very sick and we couldn't figure out what the source of the sickness was until we realized it was the witch doctor that is casting curses upon us. You see, that person, they say, I get it. But there's something about the great nursery rhyme that uh, I don't know if it's, it's, it's up here as much as it is down in the States uh, that, that says, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks on you. Are you, are you familiar with that little? It's a, it's a silly little nursery rhyme that I believe came from the pit of hell itself. Now why? Uh, because... The principle is saying, hey, your words, they don't affect me. Your words, they don't have power over me. Your words, they, 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 they won't say me. In fact, they stick back on you. The, the, the reality is this, is, is that words can be so damaging in our lives that our hearts can become indifferent and callous to them, almost acting as if they're not there and trying to move forward from them. The reality is, though, is our heart has become hurt and pain. And hurt, and hurt and pain over a period of time start to create a numbness to them. How many of you can remember a time when someone blessed you and it was over a year ago? Raise your hand. If you can think of a time that someone blessed you and, and oh yeah, I can remember it. Raise your hand nice and high so I can, can see. I can still remember a time in, when I was in eighth grade. Now that was a long time ago, okay? In eighth grade... And this uh, man, uh, who was, he was a couple years older than me, in front of our entire youth group, he blessed me. And he, and he was a man of few words, and he looked at me, and he said, you have to understand that you are a leader and people follow you. And that's all he said. Now, in my life at that point, I was not walking in a close relationship with Jesus but I can still, the power of those words made a mark on my heart. And I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. 
I can tell you exactly the, how, how much light there was in the room. I can tell you where he was sitting and his demeanor as if it were yesterday. And I think the words that he spoke had power over my life. The converse is true also. How many of you have ever had someone say something that was really quite painful for you? Raise your hand. And you can remember it. And when, usually this is how I say it. When life slows down and your head hits the pillow and the quiet comes, all the distractions are gone, all of a sudden that voice shows up again. You're no good. You're never going to amount to anything. Or this thing is, this thing is, 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 is uh, uh, broken about you and this is why you're insignificant. Those words, they show up when the iPhone goes away and all the input goes away. And all of a sudden, the voice shows up. You see, for some of us, it's been 15, 20, 30 years maybe. And that voice just does not seem to go away. It's like it plagues you. You This is a real honest conversation that we're having because it's an illustration of the power of life and death in the tongue. You see, today, I want to look at both. I want to look at both because I believe that the more we deal with the stuff that's been spoken over us, the more our tongues are loosed to bless other people. You see, because when our hearts start to come alive, the blessing of the Lord starts to flow more quickly. Let's look at this, this little box over here. It's hard to read, but let me read to you the definition A curse is this, a calling on God or gods to send evil or injury down on some person or thing. Uh, Another uh, uh, definition, a, a blasphemous oath, a thing cursed, evil or injury that seems to come in answer to a curse, to utter or wish evil against, to imprecate evil upon, to call injury down on, to, uh, to, to execrate, to afflict, to subject to evil, to blight with a curse, to bring evil or injury on. According to James 3, curses are words towards others that diminish, slander, dishonor, discourage, and are often based out of jealousy, envy, competition, and striving. This is oftentimes where the curse comes behind. Now, this... This right here, this definition according to James 3, the dishonoring, the discouraging, and it comes out of jealousy, envy, competition. You see, what happens is when, when people are jealous and, and competitive and they want what you have, they, their mouths will belittle and dismantle and destroy. And if we're not aware of what's taking place in the spiritual realm, then we just allow those things to remain in our lives unchecked. But I want to tell you this. The enemy of our soul, we looked at John 10.10, and and, and, and in the Thrive Center, we looked at John 10.10 on Friday, where the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and life more abundantly. Words are one of the main ways the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy our joy, our life, our peace, our patience. What we must understand is there is a spiritual reality to the words. 
blessing is to hollow or consecrate by religious rite or to invoke divine care or to confer prosperity. According to James 3, these are words toward others that build up, strengthen, encourage, honor, and grace and faith based. It's, it's, the, the word encouragement is to infuse courage into another person. How many of you have ever been wavering before? How many of you, like, you just, oh, I just don't know if I can make it, Lord. I'm, I'm tired. I'm growing weary. Someone that can come alongside and simply can look you in the eyeballs and says, Silas, you can do it. I believe you can do it. I know you can do it because the Lord is for you and not against you. That may be as prophetic as anything you ever received before. A word of life, a word of blessing, a word of hope. You see, I came into our marriage. I didn't grow up in a household that necessarily showed me how to promote blessing. Um, I, I grew up in a quiet household. Do you know what I mean when I say quiet household? Where, where there wasn't a whole lot of, of, of either or, blessing or, or the negative. It was just quiet. And so when I got married and we started to understand blessing and curses, I started to realize I want to be a man that blesses my wife, that blesses my children, that blesses my church, that blesses the saints of God. I want to be a blesser. But what I had to realize is no one modeled it for me. But what I can do is this. As I can build a community of brothers and sisters that says, as far as, far as you're concerned and I'm concerned, we're going to live in relationship that is blessing and not discouraging. You can know behind your back, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless you to your face. I'm going to bless you when you're 10 miles away, 100 miles away. I'm going to bless you because I know my words carry power. What would it be if Thrive Church said, you know what? We're just going to take another step because I, I think you already are tracking down this line. But we're going to take a huge step in. What we're going to say is, as far as we're concerned, we are going to bless one another. We're going to bless our community. We're going to bless them with, with life. What we're going to do is we are going to endeavor to, to, to see to every detail of, of belittling and tearing down and cursing. You see, in our family... If, some, if someone says something over, over our children or over us that is negative, we just go, in the name of Jesus. We cancel that by the blood of the Lamb, and we bless them. This young man was born, uh, you're almost 13, right? Yeah, you're almost 13. And um, it was amazing that he wasn't more than two minutes um, in the world, I mean, and the nurse that was cleaning him off, he was just born, and she goes, oh, you're just a stubborn one, aren't you? And I just go, in the name of Jesus, I cancel that. You know, I didn't look at the nurse and go, how dare you? And in Jesus' name, you know, I didn't do that, you know. I didn't do that. I just, in my very, very privacy of my own, a little, under my breath, in Jesus' name, I cancel that. That is not true. He has a soft heart. He's not a stubborn young man. Because I had already had the word of the Lord that he put upon our hearts. I wasn't going to just allow words to come. And he's two minutes on this planet because words carry power. Let's look at a few examples of how, uh, about blessing and curses. Number one, Western culture trivializes the power of the spoken word. Trivializes and diminishment. Oh, it's just not that big a deal. Oh, pastors, it's just not that big a deal. It's just not that big a deal. Well, let's look at what the Bible has to say. Number two, words are powerful. Psalm 33, 6, let's read this together out loud. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. Isn't it interesting that he spoke the world into existence? 
He didn't have to. I think that there's something about that of saying, hey, church, realize that your words have power. You're made in my image, and you have the ability to create life or create death with the power of the spoken word. He's saying, I created the heavens and the earth with a spoken word, so do diligence with your mouth. Hebrews 11, 3, let's read this together, begin. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Number three is this, the scriptures speak of two realms, the invisible, heavenlies, and the visible natural realms. Word, words affect change in the spiritual realm. What's important to realize is notice that you cannot see what is coming out of my mouth right now right? You don't see the words floating through the air. It's actually going through the spiritual realm. And, and what, what, one of the things that we need to be um, constantly uh, reminded of is, is that as, as real as the chairs are and the person sitting next to you is, so is the spiritual realm. There are things that are moving and active right here. And our words move things in the heavenly places. How many of you know that your prayers are powerful and effective? How many of you know that God's ears are attentive and he's already moving on your behalf? Even the brothers right out here, Thrive, Thrive Center, out here, the brothers were gathered together praying passionately before God. He's moving and stuff is happening, but it's in the spirit. So also our words and what we do and how we create life or destruction is through in the spiritual realm. Okay? Next slide is this. Blessings and curses. Here's Joshua's curse. Look at, look at what happens here. Now, these are just a few examples, let alone when Jesus walks by a fig tree and curses the fig tree, comes back, and all of a sudden, the disciples are going, that's amazing, Jesus. Look at what happened. Remember that tree that you, that you cursed as if Jesus forgot, right? It's dead now. Isn't that amazing? Jesus spoke a word, and it was dead. Look at some examples here. Joshua's curse. Joshua 6, 26. Then Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed be before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds the city of Jericho. Okay, remember they had just, they had just walked around and the walls came down. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundations. And with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. Joshua, the, 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 the walls come tumbling down and on his way out, he pronounces a curse. Now, this curse took 500 years, 500 years to actually come into fulfillment, according to 1 Kings 16. It was during his reign, a man from Bethel rebuilt Jericho. When he laid the foundations, his oldest son, Abiram, died. And when he finally completed it by setting up the gates, his youngest son, Sagub, died. This all happened according to the message from the Lord concerning Jericho spoken by Joshua, son of Nun. 500 years later. You see, one of the things that we must realize is, is that, that um, curses can be generational. They can come through the generations. Um, they, can, they can be ones that you want to be well aware of before the Lord, of saying, Lord, what is it that's connected into the, this, this, this issue that's that's going on. It took 500 years. Look at this one. Elisha toward Gehazi, 2 Kings 5. When he went to, into his master, Elisha asked him, where have you been? I haven't been anywhere, he replied. But Elisha asked him, don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped out 
from his chariot to meet you. Remember, this is the time where, where Elisha says, don't pay me, Naaman. And Naaman goes walking down the road, and Gehazi sees an opportunity, and he milks him for money. Right? And in this, the time to receive money and clothing and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen and servants, because you have done this, you and your children and your children's children will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. He calls down a generational curse. When Gehazi left the room, he was leprous. His skin was as white as snow. You see, he received judgment at the hands of Elisha. Look at the next one. Jesus, his disciples and apostles. According to Luke 10, 5 to 6, whenever you enter a home, give it your blessing. Isn't that interesting? If those who live there are worthy, the blessing will stand. Interesting. Notice the word blessing. Walk into a home, and if they are worthy, the blessing stays. But if they're not, the blessing will return to you. Isn't it interesting that you can almost see it take place? When you walk into someone's home, blessing, bless it, and it will stay if they are worthy. Okay? If they are not, the blessing will return. If a town welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you and heal the sick. As you heal them, say the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we wipe the dust of your town from our feet as a public pronouncement, uh, announcement of your doom. And don't forget the kingdom of God is near. So this is the shaking of the dust was a pronouncement of a curse. Pronouncing a blessing brought real natural world blessing. To retract the blessing would take away real natural world blessing. You see, the power of the words are, are incredible for you and I to realize. For us to engage. Right now, if you think in your mind about all the ways that you have been blessed by people. All the ways that you have blessed other people and note that they are doing things they're moving things they're shaping things even when you don't even know what is going on it may be 10 15 years later that they come to you like I just had a young man do a few weeks ago he goes do you remember me and I looked at him and I said I know exactly who you are he was one of my youth in my youth group in 2005 and I looked at him, and he, and he blessed me, and I turned the blessing back on him, and I basically said, I want to remind you of your original design, young man, and we need to run closer together. And it had been 12 years since I had seen him. The power of the blessing of the Word of God over him has carried him through so much difficulty that here he shows up on my front doorstep. 12 years later, the power of words carry people through. They have a sustaining reality about them. But conversely, they can be like an anchor that we drag through life. Right? Imagine running track. Are any runners in here? Anybody like to run in here? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, only a few of you. Are the rest of you, do you like to be active? In Jesus' name, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but imagine I'm running around a track and I have a big ball and chain on either ankle of 50 pounds each. And I'm just sweating and sweating and sweating. And you come to me and you say, hey, I, I have a great idea. Oh, okay, what's your great idea? 
why don't, why don't you try less, uh, that's horrible English, what I was about to say. Why don't you stop trying so hard, and why don't we just take a minute and break the ball and chain off your ankles, and then run? Guess what will happen? Okay, that's a great idea. Take, take some time to take off the ball and chain. Man, I would be like an Olympic sprinter at that point because I have been loosed from the bondage and the weight that I've been carrying around. Some of you are carrying some pretty sizable weights. And those weights are the words that have been spoken over your life. And the weights are not what Jesus wants you to carry. He wants you to take those words and look at him and say, Lord, I choose to forgive those people that said that over my life. And right now, I agree with you, not them. By the blood of Jesus, I cancel the power of those words over my life. And I choose to bless them. I choose to release them. I choose to release the blessing of the Lord over those people in my life. I'm going to be a blesser and not one that brings destruction. The foundation of being released from a curse, number one is this. Jesus became our sin so we could receive his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Wow. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Number two is this. Jesus was wounded so we could be healed. Isaiah 53 Four to five. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He carried them, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Someone say amen. Amen. You see, this is the foundation of being released from a curse. Three. Jesus became poor so that we might become rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. Thrive Center, listen, this is for you too. Okay, Just because you're not in this room, we're talking to you also, that you would know that the power of those words that have been spoken over your life, Jesus has made a way for your victory. Apply the blood of Jesus to them. Live in the place of great freedom. It is for you today. And let me just say that if you have never found yourself surrendering your life to Jesus, and you, you just came into the Thrive Center thinking it was just a normal Sunday. I guess it's just not a normal Sunday, okay? And you don't know what it means to have the love of God in your heart. I want you today to surrender to His grace. He made a way for you that you would have eternal life with Him. But the only way is through the precious blood of Jesus. He paid it for you, for you, for you alone, that you would come into a saving reality with Jesus. This is a great time. Surrender your life to Jesus even right now in the privacy of your own little chair right there. Or if you have pews, it's a chair. We're going to say it's a chair in Jesus' name. That you would surrender your life to that place and take Pastor JB up on his offer to get baptized at the next baptisms. This is your opportunity today. Number four is this. Jesus bore our shame so that we may obtain his glory. I love this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Let me just say this real quick. The joy is not something, it's not going to heaven. He's already been there. The joy is actually his redeemed people. It's the church. It's you. You're the joy. You're the joy that was set before him. Yeah, I know. I know. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're his joy. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. May that heal every father wound in your heart, that you are his joy, that you are the joy of his heart. For the joy set before him, which is you, he became, uh, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And number five, Jesus became a curse so that we would receive the blessing of God. I'm going to ask the, the worship team or, or even the keys right now, I want to ask you a few questions. I, wanna, I, want you to, I want you to just consider as we bring this down to a close. What is it that is just holding so much sway over your life from your past? What is it that was spoken over you that's numbed your heart? What is it that has been spoken over you maybe 30, 40 years ago? And you just feel a little bit ashamed that that you're still even bothered by it. What is it that has been spoken that has caused your heart to either become incited with anger or heaviness? You've turned on yourself and you've actually agreed with those curses over your life. I've got good news for you today. Right here, right now, it can change. Right here. Right now, it can change. Right here, right now. Why? Because one drop of the precious blood of Jesus wipes it all away. Jesus, we love you this morning. And in the Thrive Center and here at Alexandra Retreat Center, we bless you. Father, we recognize that you have told us that there is power of life and death in the tongue. Quicken our hearts, Holy Spirit. Just ask Him. Holy Spirit, show me. Show me what's an area this morning that has me bound. Maybe it came from a mother and a father. And and listen, just to be able to forgive our parents is actually the most honoring thing we can do for them. The most honoring thing we can do is to give them forgiveness. There's no one, we're not throwing them under the bus and saying they're a horrible person. No, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying those words right there have hurt my heart. And I'm choosing this day to forgive them. Holy Spirit, show us. Remind us of what was said. What's that one, just that one area tonight? And for some of us, it's not, it didn't actually come from another person. It actually came from yourself. You just called a curse down upon yourself. And it's time to get free today. Just right where you're at this morning. If it was from somebody else, you can say out loud or under your breath, just, Lord, I forgive them right now. I forgive them for the curse that they loosed over my life. I forgive them for the ways they, for what they said. I choose now to extend them mercy. When I forgive them, I'm saying they don't even need to know what they did they don't even know I just release them as you forgive me I forgive them I forgive them right now in Jesus name for the words that they have spoken over my life and right now I choose I cancel those words just everybody together with me say I cancel the words of death spoken over me I place them under the blood of Jesus now I bless those that have cursed me 
take a minute right now. And I want you to thrive church style. I want you to even just stand. Would you just stand to your feet? Just stand your feet right where you're at. I want you to, in faith right now, with your mouth open and out loud, I want you to bless those that have done you wrong. I want you to release them through the blessing. I want you to just, I want you to pray and an overabundance over them financially, relationally, that, that God would bless them. I want you to just take 10 seconds right where you're at, out loud, and just bless them. Ready, set, go. Just bless those. is an inventory of people in this room okay all right now come back look at me now what we're going to do is we're going to ask the lord how he wants to bless one person in this room through you okay i love this exercise because i'll just say lord who is it bring that person up and what do you want to say to him okay so it's a very fun exercise but we're not asking for our encouragement. We're asking what he wants to encourage them with. It's like an open, it's like an open pipe. I'm just an open pipe right now. Who do you want to bless through, through me today? So right now, we just open our ears to you and open our hearts before you, Lord. And we ask that you would bring that one person right now to the forefront of our minds. Bring that one person right now in the forefront of our minds. And we just ask, Lord, how do you want to encourage them today? How do you want to bless them today? How do you want me to pray for them today? Just listen to him. Just listen. It could be a simple word or a simple impression. It can be something that you've actually observed in their lives that you just want to go and pray over them. You could, some, some people, what I call them, they're called, they're called feelers. Like, I just have this overwhelming sense of the Father's love for you, and I just want to pray that into your heart and over you. Raise your hand if you have somebody in mind. Raise your hand, nice and high. Raise it nice and high so I can see it. Okay? Nice. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to now go into a time as our worship team plays. I want you to go up to that person. It's always the most normal thing when praying for someone to introduce yourself first, if you don't know them, okay? It just takes a social awkwardness out of the equation. Introduce yourself and say, hey, can I pray for you? Lay your hand on their shoulder, and I just want you to bless them. If you did not hear something, but you have observed something in another person's life in here, I want you to take the opportunity to step out, to step out of what's familiar and what's safe, and step out and just turn this room, and even in the Thrive Center, to turn the room into a ministry time, that everyone is either ministering or being ministered 
two by blessing one another, okay? So let's do that at this time in the Thrive Center and here in the Retreat Center. Would you just find that person or turn to your neighbor and take an opportunity to bless them with the blessings of the Lord? Ready, set, go. to pray for you just right where you're at I want to ask a blessing over you as a community in the Thrive Center back at the home base here at the retreat center I want to pray a blessing of the Lord over this community. Just as uh, we get to come be with you and we're so honored to be here with you, I just want to take an opportunity as a, an outsider but a dear brother in the Lord to be able to bless you. So would you just open your hands before the Lord and Lord, I thank you for Thrive Church, and I thank you that it is so rightfully named, Lord, that this place is thriving in your presence, thriving in your truth, thriving with leadership, thriving, Lord, I bless you for this church, all the way in the Thrive Center and here locally, Lord. I ask for the most abundant blessing that you have hanging over this church to be loosed right now in the name of Jesus over this community at large that this community at large would be marked by deep communion there would be deep fellowship deep friendships deep connection deep koinonia of connection marked by deep hunger and zeal for the things of God desire to press in deeper before you Father, I pray that you would bless them with continued pursuit. What do you call the, the, the dove's eyes? Focus, the, the focused eyes, those, those, that tunnel vision that has eyes for only you and you alone. That, that there would be, this, this church would be marked by the narrow road. Marked by the, the narrow road, not the wide road of destruction, but oh God, the blessing of the Lord would be, would be upon this house to run the long term, run the long haul. Many, many years from now, the great, great grandchildren, may if you tarry, Lord, they would be able to look back and say, my great grandparents were part of Thrive Church and I'm still on the receiving end of the generational blessing of the fountainhead of God. I ask, release that over our generations, release that over our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, no matter where they are across the planet, but they would be blessed upon blessed upon blessed, and that they would know you at a young age, and they would trumpet your call, and they would stand on the shoulders of their parents and great-grandparents, and the kingdom of God would be extended in dramatic measures. I ask for 
new doors of evangelism and new the blessing of of great fruit of the gospel to come from this community in Jesus name I pray that the bridge that they have with their mother church would only grow greater and larger and more vast there would be honor that just the honor would go back and forth Lord and so all that you have planted Lord in this church from the mother church I pray that there would be such a synergy of honor and blessing Lord, we recognize that honor is the, is the place where your blessing flows. And so I ask, Lord, that, that there would be such a release even of blessing to the Mother Church, to, to Torch and, and, and uh, the Mother Church, Lord, that there would be a great release of your Spirit from this retreat over this house. And so, Father, I ask that every good and pleasing thing that you have for this church would rest heavy in the Thrive Center and here in this house. And in the name of Jesus, if you believe it, let's lift up our voices to the Lord and bless Him this morning. And thank Him today. One more time, let's give God a big hand here in this place together. We're going to sing a song in response to God. We're also going to do a couple of things in response to God. We're going to be... Uh, you know, filling out our Go Deeper cards. If you haven't done that, we're going to be collecting that in just a minute. So if you haven't filled that out, make sure you do that. That's another way we're going to respond to God this morning. We received a great blessing just now, and we want to give back a blessing in the form of how we're going to worship and how we're going to respond. Uh, and so make sure you do that as well. And uh, we're going to do that. Let's sing a song as we respond to God. Turn your person on your right and your left. Give them a high five and say, I received a blessing. I'm going to be a blessing. creation you knew me as I was and even then you chose me to be yours I am captivated your ending love Lord my heart surrender to your grace and Forever in your arms 
of you and God we just give you praise today that you've given us power in our tongue to breathe life to speak life into our homes our families our friends our city our church our community and so if you, if you drive church if you want your words to be a blessing to others why don't you raise your hand to God right now in this place and just repeat this prayer with me say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. thank you for making me in your image let my words be a blessing to others. Let my words bless my home, bless my family, bless my marriage, bless my friendships, bless my workplace, bless my school, bless my city, bless my church. Because you made me to be a blessing and to receive your blessing. And so I receive it today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give God a big hand here in this place. Amen.